It's time to swing into the golf world of today with Springdale Golf Live. Sponsored by our friends at the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Here's your host, Keith Stewart. Members, friends, and players, good afternoon and welcome to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and we have an awesome show planned for you on this Friday afternoon. Thank you for tuning into Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Let's go, Wade. Our streak of amazing guests each and every week keeps getting better and better. This week, I'm excited to introduce golf's biggest boss, CEO and president of our industry's largest company, Troon. Tim Shantz is a guy with Midwestern roots, taking a truly innovative enterprise to the next level. There we have it. We have a little Neil Young for our first song of the week. And I use that as a little bit of an intro. And, and wonderful job there on the board, Wade, as always. Thank you. Don't, don't roll your eyes at me. Right? It's Friday afternoon. I apologize. No, no, I, I get it. You know, I, I commend you every week. And, and for you, this is, you know, just easy stuff. But, uh, and so I digress. I digress. All right. Let's get back to this. Uh, we got a really cool guest today, and I want to get him on the line. Again, he's the CEO of Troon. Um, he runs golf's largest company. His name's Tim Shantz. Tim, welcome to Springdale Golf Live. How are you today? I'm doing great, Keith. Thank you. Thanks for having me, and uh, thanks to Wade. That happens to be my favorite artist and uh, my favorite song of his, so maybe it did a little background there. So. Yeah, I could thank Wade for playing it, but you're going to have to thank Suggy for coming oh. up with that. Yeah, well, that's great. I knew so, I knew the fix was in. Yeah. Good tune. Well, the, uh, it, you know what? Um, it had, we like to have a lot of fun here, and we always do a song of the week that somehow relates to our guest or the theme or whatever pop culture stuff we're talking about. And um, when I knew you were going to be the guest, uh, I reached out to some of our uh, faithful fans, and they were happy to let us know that you're a big Neil Young fan. And, you know, there's no better Neil Young song to open a show with than Cinnamon Girl when he hits that hard guitar in the beginning. So, That's uh, right. Great That's song. Right. Great song for a great guest. And um, you know what? Five months ago, we'll get right into this, right? Five months ago or so, you were named CEO, and Dana was on our show, and he, we kind of gave him a send-off because he was retiring after a million years of being CEO of Troon, and from its inception, really. And you took over on April 1st. And at that time, you were quoted as saying, I have a clear vision of my role going forward. Well, you're a bunch of months in now. How's that vision working out? And and how much fun are you having? Well, I'm having a ton of fun. Uh, you know, what what could have been the greatest April Fool's Day joke of all time turned out to be not that. Um, uh, you know, my vision is more of a long-term vision, and that is to uh, do my role for as long as folks will have me, but really in an effort to get it from uh, a true entrepreneur and classic visionary. That's Dana. You guys talked to him before. And on to the next generation, because I've been a Troon, you know, 20, 22 years. I'm in my 22nd year now. Um, I joined Dana when when he was uh, really thinking about the business and what he wanted to do. He had 10 or so locations. And, uh, you know, um, I can remember the lunch where, where he hired me. And um, so it's been a great 22 years. And at some point, you know, a lot of the old dogs got to go. So, so my, my vision, my clear vision is to make sure that something that I feel really important about, uh, about or feels really important and feel 
really good about and this this company that we've built together that we get it to the next generation in a way that's um that's uh better than it is today but uh not radically different and certainly not broken and so well, this is a next generation show, and we're going to get into some of that uh, as we move forward here. But I, I like my listeners love good stories. And, you know, you piqued my interest there. What was that lunch like with Dana? And how did he sell you? Um, where was it? Maybe set the scene for me. This is radio. So, you yeah. know, be as descriptive as possible and let us know, like, how did that all take place? Now, 22 years later, I mean, you, you know, you're the proud chairman uh, of the whole um, company. I mean, I mean, that's a really, really cool story. Take yeah. me through that. Yeah, so I uh, I was leaving another job that uh, the company had been bought and was moving its headquarters to Memphis. It happened to be in the hotel industry, DoubleTree Hotels. They got great cookies there, if you've ever stayed at a DoubleTree. And uh, my son, my first son, was being uh, born right at the time that I left. I thought I'd take a few months off. I had a friend who worked at Troon that said, I work for this guy that's a visionary and a real, you know, classic entrepreneur, and he's going to scale this company up that he's created and, you know, become the leader in the golf management business, meaning third-party management of, of golf, golf and golf-related hospitality. And we need a lawyer. I'm a lawyer by training. We need a lawyer that has the ability to work um, on the technical side of management contracts. And would you be interested? And I said, yeah, and because and, I love golf. I've played golf um, almost my whole life, started when I was very young. And so Dana uh, had me for lunch at what was the one of the best restaurants in, in Phoenix at the time, a place called Roxanne. It was in the Arizona Biltmore Shopping Mall, which is a beautiful outdoor shopping mall right really in the center of town. And we sat down and, you know, having lunch with Dana uh, is super fun because He's so well-read and so interesting, and he certainly is passionate for golf, but he's also passionate for a lot of other things. We had a lot of, you know, things in common and people that we knew in common. We had a lot of laughs. And so I left that lunch and told my wife that rather than take a few months off uh, after the birth of our son, um, I was going to take this job um, with this guy that I thought, you know, had a great idea and that I really believed in. And uh, I've never looked back, really, Keith. It's been, it's been awesome. And uh, I think about that lunch a lot. We talk about it sometimes. Um, the restaurant's not there anymore, but, uh, but I'm still here with Dana. Well, even if the restaurant's not there, you know, the mark is forever. You know, and, and that yep. pivot, that pivot point in your life, and we all have those moments, and you know, they're just awesome moments. And the the, the way you take us back there, it's really cool. And uh, so, obviously, Dane is a big influence in your career. But uh, along the way, in those twenty two years, and maybe even the time before that, who are some of the other mentors or influences that you've had that've kind of shaped uh, what you've become today as a leader in golf? Yeah, well. I think everybody or most people start with their parents and, and a lot of times for sons, it's their father. And certainly my father helped shape my life. Tremendous work ethic. Um, I had a paper out when I was, you know, 11 years old when you could still deliver papers and, uh, have worked, you know, really since that, that time. And he's always, you know, been there for me and taught me how to do things and, and, and be the person I am. So, Shout out to he and my mother. My mother was a breadwinner as well. So in my professional career, I've been fortunate to have a few mentors at the law firm. Um, there were a couple of guys there, a guy named Mike McKee 
And uh, then somebody I worked for specifically at the law firm and then went to work for at the company that I mentioned, Doubletree, David Stivers. Those were two guys that uh, really helped shape me um, in the formative part of my professional career. It was fun to be around Peter Uberoff and Dick Ferris uh, were the uh, co-chairman of Doubletree when I was there. And, you know, they're big in golf. Dave, Dave Stivers is actually the president of the Pebble Beach Company and and Peter and Dick and Arnold Palmer and Clint Eastwood were the guys that bought the Pebble Beach from from the Japanese. Um, oh, sure. A, a quick story there. I knew Dick Ferris because he was a member at Isleworth and Lake Nona. Yeah. Back when I worked there between 90, well, he's probably still a member there, but I got to meet Dick Ferris, and he's just an, he's an unbelievable guy. But yeah, he's a, he's, he's a total... A total stud, still an active golfer, got forearms that could, you know, crack a walnut between them, and um, fun to be around those guys. And I, I worked very hard at DoubleTree, um, learned a lot about the hospitality industry. That was really my entree point into the hospitality industry. And I remember, uh, you know, I, I mentioned those names. There's a ton of mentors, but there was a guy at DoubleTree, Dave Scherf, who told me a couple of great things that I've kept close. Um, one is that the hospitality industry is relatively small, so it pays to be um, nice and have good ethics. And uh, that doesn't mean you can't be competitive, but there's a way to be competitive uh, and adhere to those two uh, concepts. And he also said, once you get into the hospitality industry, you'll never want to leave because um, you're surrounded by fun, fun people, fun places, uh, fun things to do, and uh, that both those things have been true um, uh, for sure. Well, right now you're with the director of fun. You know that's my title <laughs> at Springdale, and uh, you know I got, I got one quote for you. All right, work hard uh, not to be that person who is always certain and rarely right. Yeah. Do you remember who said that's that? My, that's my dad. That is uh, your dad. Yes. That's my dad. He. Uh, he would turn to me sometimes uh, when it seemed like uh, I had forgotten that and say, uh, always certain, rarely right, and it would bring it, uh, bring it back to me. And so I work hard at that. It, um, you know, it, it doesn't always work. I just say that for me. Sure. Sometimes I'm, I'm more certain than right, and uh, I've had some examples of that relatively recently. So, yeah, that's one I definitely live by. Well, you know what, though? I mean, hold on for a second, though, Tim. You know, we all make mistakes. But, I mean, look at what you're doing. Look at what you're leading, you know. And look at whose shoes you stepped into and and whose trust you earned. You know, you talk about a man who's a visionary and an innovator, right? So, you know, and folks, we're here on the line with Tim Shantz, and he's the CEO of Troon. And Troon is a really successful golf course management company. In fact, the most successful. So I want to talk about that for a second because, like, I'm a big fan of companies like Disney that have just Tons of employees, and they're able to create this culture. And every, you know, I know it's a very kind of like cliche word in 2019 culture that is. But you have 15,000 employees. You have 465 locations with over 500 golf courses. You have 10 different brands in 45 states and in 30 different countries. Tim, how is it that you create this culture, this hospitality culture at your facilities, and how have you guys been so successful? Yeah, well, gosh, those were you know, rolling those statistics off can be a little daunting, but um, I think it starts really from the very beginning. And the beginning of Troon was uh, Troon North Golf Club, 
And there, Dana, who was the general manager there, um, set a real standard for service and the way that uh, guests, people playing golf, were going to be treated both when they're on the golf course. And, you know, part of that treatment is the golf course conditioning, um, as well as the service experience from the associates that are serving them. And then by the sheer force of his personality, transmitted that out as we continue to grow locations. And like I said, I, I joined when we had about 10 locations. Um, from a tactical standpoint, we do a lot of um, work pushing out things, uh, you know, in, in on the Internet and trying to have call-ins and ways for people to, to network. Um, but we also hold a conference every year where we pull together the leaders from all the facilities that we manage. We, we just had one earlier this year. Um, it was exciting because it included the leaders from some of the um, companies that we've bought in the last 12 months. And so they were part of the culture. And that's three days of, of getting together and using, be- you know, exchanging best practices, but also having some fun together. Um, but, but what it really comes down to, Keith, is uh, what's core to true success is the people uh, that are actually working at the properties that we're involved with and making sure that we've identified and align ourselves with the right people and, and, and provide to those people from the corporate offices that we have around the, the world, really, the right tools for them to use to do their job and the right level of support. But we never think we're, you know, running an individual location from the corporate office. It's all about the people there. And so we try to, you know, stay connected. It's a lot easier in today's world uh, with the electronic side, but that doesn't um, that doesn't replace connecting in person. So we try to connect in person, and we try to, you know, live every day by the company's values and and make sure that people feel like they have a place where they can have a career. And it's an interesting business model because um, I think it's. I think it's it, cutting edge is the wrong word, but it's gaining momentum as a uh, a way for individual locations that might be kind of running themselves to align themselves in a more uh, a broader organization in a way that lets them maintain their individual identity um, and provide um, some uh, career path alternatives that might not be available to people that are working at individual locations that aren't part of something that's broader, provide some um, security, if you will, in their job. And I think that helps to build culture. We've got a lot of people that have moved all around the world, really, by by joining us uh, in the field and working at a location and then moving on to another location that made sense for them. Well, with all due respect, Tim, I think you're being a little bit humble because, you know, the industry shows that roughly 15 percent of golf courses are being managed um, by, you know, a multi-course operator like yourselves. And that number continues to grow. And you've already taken under your tutelage or your wing this year um, almost 100 golf courses as part of Troon. So, yeah. you know, I think that you have a little bit more momentum than, you know, that's, that's like yeah. saying Tiger Woods has, has limited momentum, you know, <laughs> I mean, you I got, feel, I feel proud of the, of the penetration, that 15% uh, way back when, when I was younger, it was a lot lower than that. And that penetration has grown and we feel like we're a big part of that. Um, that's a lot of golf lo- courses or locations to add in a year. I wouldn't want your listeners to think, uh, you know, that's that's a 
function of us buying some companies as well as growing organically, which is what, what we call knocking on the door and having somebody hire us directly. Well, but yeah. we're excited. We, we're, we're pumped up, Keith. We're, uh, really, we're really moving forward and going to get real aggressive here over the next few years. And I think that's a good thing for golf. I mean, golf's at a huge pivot moment. And, you know, I mean, who would have thought that a club that's about to celebrate its 125th year next year, meaning my golf course, Springdale, would love to promote and have a Friday afternoon um, pop culture golf radio show. And my members, the listeners, they're diehard golfers, but there's a lot of casual golf fans that listen to the show. There's local pros that listen. And they all have a great time with the information that we provide. And we don't talk about the flagstick being in or out. We're talking about the things that you're talking about. And we're using words like you were you you would use like diverse or innovative or extraordinary. Those are the types of words that are going to catch the attention of a next generation golfer. And you know what? I, I'm getting the wave. we got to take a break right now. But hold on for about 60 seconds of um, some commercial reads I have to do. And then uh, I'll bring you back on. And, and we're going to get more into this next generation of golfer. All right? Sound good? Yeah. All right. I'll t- uh, we'll be back in a second. Hey, folks, it's 3.15 p.m. here in Princeton. And for those watching the uh, Tour Championship Live down in Atlanta, thanks for listening to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Be back in a moment. The New Jersey Golf Foundation, the charitable arm of the NJPGA section, is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming under the guidance of PGA professionals so individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. To support the NJGF or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org. That's njgolffoundation.org. Rich and distinguished history for nearly 125 years, Springdale Golf Club and its members have been beautifully making their mark as the best golf and social experience in our region. Our impact in the industry does not stop there. Did you know about the benefits that extend beyond the boundaries of the club through its agreement with Troon Purvey? The private club operating division of Troon Golf Management. Springdale's walkable and superbly conditioned William Flynn design course, now combined with Troon's operational expertise, are taking the club to the next level in our commitments to the member experience. Just announced as a significant expansion to the Troon Purvey Privileges Program. This Vanguard service initiative includes includes enhanced golf and lifestyle benefits that extend far beyond the fairways. For more information about our club and all of the incredible moments being made at Springdale Golf Club and through Troon Purvey, please take a visit of our website at www.springdalegc.org forward slash Troon Purvey. Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to Springdale Golf Live. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and you're listening to Fox Sports 920 The Jersey. A little more rock and roll for my guests today. Another great job there, Wade. And uh, with a little inspiration from Mr. Neil Young, that's Eddie Vedder and the boys of Pearl Jam doing a little rocking in the free world. And, uh, you know, I think Troon these days is doing a little rocking in the free world. What do you think about that, Tim Shantz? Uh, I think we're uh, really having fun and doing the best we can to um, help move an industry forward that's uh, really uh, providing a lot of fun for people to 
enjoy and and certainly watch. I, I, I'm wishing I was watching on TV what was going on today in the Tour Championship. I was fortunate enough to play with Justin Thomas in the Pro Am last week, and uh, really am pulling for him to for him to, uh, to 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 pull it out. That would be really cool. You know, speaking of uh, cool wins this year, I bet you were pretty happy with the U.S. Open champ, weren't you? Oh, that was incredible. Uh, I happened to be a Jayhawk. I went to law school at the University of Kansas, and um, Gary Woodland is such a tremendous person, and uh, he would be a good winner uh, this week as well, as would Matt Kuchar or Patrick Cantlay, uh, all members of Team Troon. But uh, but Gary and his folds of honor of support and uh, just he's just such a great a great person. I mean, it's hard to describe. You know, you hear people talk about people that way, but Gary really walks the walk. And uh, that shot he hit, that three wood he hit in the U.S. Open and the the par five on fourteen. I told him everybody talks about seventeen. That'll be the one. You know, um, but gosh. You, you should know, Keith. If you're a pro golfer, that's just a tight lie. You you, you should be able to hit that shot, notwithstanding the uh, the pressure. But if you've ever played golf at Pebble Beach, uh, you just you know how special that three wood was in the in the 14 on the on the last day. So he uh, he appreciated that and uh, fun to be around. Well, you know, and as a golf professional, we'll talk a little golf for a second here. As a golf professional, you're 100% right, because probably 90% of the field could have hit that pitch on the 17th green physically. Yep. But there was probably about 2% of the field, maybe he and Brooks and Dustin, that could have hit that three-wood the way it was hit on 14. That's right. So, you know, and, and he was the only one that did it on Sunday, and, and you know, therefore he, he raises the uh, trophy. But, uh, you know what, I had heard from someone that you were a uh, – a lawyer from uh, Kansas. It was a Kansas Jayhawk. So, uh, you know, I, you know, we're not playing any games over here on Springdale Golf Live. My 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 crack team at Fox Sports. They know. Yeah, what they're you doing. got it going. We, oh yeah, uh, every you got week. Some researchers there. Every, I mean, we we have great guests every week. Last week we had this great writer Tom Coyne on. Um, you know, nice. Tom, yeah, Tom's awesome. Next week I've got Eric Eshelman, who's uh, the National Golf Professional of the Year. I mean, and you're sandwiched right in between. And well, look at that. What I want to get to in this second segment is that you know we, we, we reference this a lot in the beginning and we talk about the next generation golfer and this multimedia generation and I don't like to use the word millennial because there's people even younger than that that aren't millennials that we're also trying to engage you and I whether we're at our golf courses or you with you know looking at all the different golf courses or the programs you're running from up from your office right so you know how do you feel when people say that like oh golf is stagnant and it lacks growth or whatever I mean what what is true doing to try to stand in the face of that sentiment yeah well look i i think golf is a magical game and has a way of of working its way into folks and so you know we're doing a lot of the traditional things that i'm sure are happening in springdale with trying to attract junior golfers and um you know creating an environment that might be a little bit more uh welcoming and fun and by that um you know we talk about whether people are playing golf for enjoyment or playing golf uh, in a serious manner, which can also be enjoyable, but means something different. And there's room for both of those things. There's room for five holes and wine, five and wine and, or three holes or nine holes. Um, There's room to be a little relaxed on dress codes in the appropriate time and subject to a club wanting to go in that direction. And, and, that's the other thing, you know, Troon is involved with a lot of different clubs that have their own identity 
and their own desires. And so it's not as if we come in and dictate what's going to happen. Um, but we're certainly there to provide advice on things that work relative to attracting, uh, attracting new members and in particular younger members and getting them introduced to the game. Um, I think Top Golf is a great example of uh, a, a, a new and interesting innovation in golf. Anything that gets a golf club in somebody's hands that provides positive feedback and um, allows for somebody to be exposed to the game, uh, in my mind, can lead to somebody becoming uh, a more traditional golfer. And so, you know, places like Top Golf. Uh, or indoor uh, ranges and uh, hitting bays where you're playing some games associated with the game of golf itself. Uh, we're all, we're all for that. We think that's uh, you know a great movement in the industry. And I I personally choose to be an optimist. I think the golf the, the game is special and um, it has a unique ability to attract people. And uh, the co- country is growing demographically, and I think I think we're going to continue to 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 be successful as a sport. Um, I know that there are golf courses that are closing around the country, but that's a little bit of a function of of the overbuilding boom that occurred. And I think we'll get back in balance. And I feel good about the future of golf. That's for sure. And I feel good about our guest today. And folks, we've got Tim Shantz on here. He's the CEO of Troon. And we're talking, you know, from up, he's looking at the golf world industry from 30,000 feet. And our little pop culture take here in New Jersey, in New York, Philly area, you know, we're, we're just kind of picking his brain a little bit. And, you know, one of the phrases that I constantly say all the time is that golf is moving from an athletic experience to an entertainment experience. And I noticed that a couple of, I won't call them competitors, but also like fellow management companies, right, are investing in golf as an entertainment source, you know, so some of them are investing in yep. places like Big Shots or Drive Shack or whatever. Yep. So the, the National Golf Foundation tells me that last year, about 24 million people played golf like you and I might play golf at a golf course, right? Yep. But then another 23 million people did it, did a golf entertainment experience off course. So those numbers almost right. match up. Where do you see Troon going in this golf entertainment marketplace? Yeah, so we, we recognize what some of the other folks are doing. We're not a company that's focused on creating one of those brands for ourselves or owning one of those brands, but we certainly will manage those locations. And those locations are are showing up with people that um, want to run a um, run something like that, um, not part of the larger brand and need some expertise in doing it. So we have a few of those under development. We have one open in Lubbock called Four Golf. Um, that's, for lack of a better term, kind of a, a, a top golf or big shots knockoff. And uh, we're actively looking at the, the, the things that top golf and those other companies are doing for individual locations and how to work those in for the places that we're managing, meaning upgrading their ranges and, and things like that. We're, we're looking at the, the indoor um, experience as well and whether that's appropriate in clubs. So we're I, you know, we, we're not in any way threatened by it. We think it's positive. Anything gets a golf club in somebody's hands where they have a positive experience and positive feedback has the ability to lead somebody to be uh, a more traditional golfer, a member of a club, or playing golf uh, while on vacation or the like, which is great.
Yeah, I mean, I, from my perspective, as one of the 15,000 Troon employees, I, I feel wholeheartedly that, you know, you guys are embracing this. And, and from what I read and what I hear from, you know, the company is just that, you know, you're going to do this in, in the right way and at the right time and in a very thoughtful manner. And, yep. you're, and you're super aware of it. And I just brought it up because I've got you right now. So I was just wondering, <laughs> I pick your brain and, because I like to have a lot of fun. And as the director of fun, one of the traditions we have every week, and again, my, my listeners love stories. So we're going to do a little rapid fire Q&A here real quick. You ready for this? Okay. I'm right. ready. Best Kansas J. Jayhawk b-ball player of all time got to be Wilt Chamberlain I mean that's going in the wayback machine but when I was there it was Danny Manning uh, I was fortunate to be there for Danny and the Miracles winning the national championship so I'm gonna have to go with Danny Manning all right what do you what do you like more sunrises or sunsets sunrises I wake up real early much to my wife's chagrin but my cat likes it all right favorite subject in high school uh history Best musician you ever saw live? Uh, Neil Young, hands down. All right. And when you hear the acronym CEO, who is the first person that comes to mind? Uh, Dana. It's hard for me. It comes to mind so much that rather than move into the office he was in, we're going to turn that into the Garmony conference room, and I'm going to stay where I am. So I have to go with Dana. Well, again, Tim, I can't thank you enough for your time today. That music means I'm heading out, and it's live radio, so i got to go. Really appreciate you being on. Thanks, Keith. Thanks thanks to you, and thanks to your listeners. Appreciate you having me. We'll talk to you soon. And I can't forget my sponsors, that New Jersey Golf Foundation, Summit Golf Brands, and F.H. Wadsworth. My producer, Wade, on the board, and the Springdale Board of Governors. Of course, Troon Golf Management. Most importantly, I love my listeners. You know, folks, I'm heading to Springdale, but where are you headed? We'll let the tower be your guide. And from here to Atlanta, and of course, everywhere online, may you all have a Springdale day. You've been listening to Springdale Golf Live with Keith Stewart. Keith returns to the tee next Friday afternoon at 3 on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey.